Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. As always, I am very excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here now live on Twitter Spaces. If you follow me on Twitter, if not just on the podcast, but recording very shortly after the Rockies 6-2 victory over the Detroit Tigers, which does seal the series win and the fact that the Colorado Rockies have still not yet lost a series in 2022 the heroes of the day chad cool absolutely fantastic starting pitching performance once again very easy and very fair to say that he has been the colorado rockies best pitcher thus far in 2022 charlie blackman with a four hit day with the bat a couple of ribbies on the day showing very clearly that he is just not what the everyone thought not everyone but how it looked after the first 14 to 20 plate appearances on the season He's been stellar ever since, has the batting average on the season up to 286. And again, this is the time of year where batting average kind of gives you a rough indication. You know, we all know it's not the best statistic, uh, but this time of year when you're batting a buck 50 and then a week later you're batting 286, you've had a pretty good week, right? And so Charlie Blackman doing his thing. Uh, you got Connor Joe extending his hit streak out to 11 games. He's been on base in every game going back to late August of last year. I got to run those numbers and figure that stuff out for you. Randall Gritchick with his first home run in a Colorado Rockies uniform. He also had a three-hit day and was hashtag triple shy of the cycle. Uh, ended up striking out in that final at bat. Didn't get the triple, but he's batting over 400 on the season. Even though that was his first homer, it was a two-run shot. It came early in the game and really gave the Rockies the lift that they needed. Uh, really nice to see them also score the offense in the first, the second, the fourth, and the fifth. I've that's You've heard me make that the focus of this thing as much as other people want to talk about lots of other kinds of things, and I want to talk about those things too. For me, the story of this team is going to be if they can figure out ways to do exactly what they did today. Now, this is going to be an outlier, six runs. And you're like, well, six runs for this offense. But again, remember, if we're really keeping in mind that Coors Field hangover effect and, and the very realness, and I was actually very happy to hear uh, good friend Jack Corrigan on 850 KOA, you know, talking about it on, on the radio today and basically saying, yeah, you're, you're not going to see a lot of these games. And so the type of 3-2 to two win that the Rockies got in the second game of the doubleheader with the two home runs that happened to be very timely, that's more likely the output that you're going to get. But to see a game like this where they can, and, and just a couple of games after getting totally shut out, come through with six runs on 11 hits, clutch hitting, two out RBIs that were absolutely huge, Again, some of it was the home run ball that you got out of Gritchick there. Some of it was Charlie Blackman coming through when he needed to with just solid line drives in either direction. And you're getting hits up and down the lineup. And it continues to be the case. And uh, I was on a radio today with Joe and Alex on uh, Mile High Sports. And I hope you all get the chance to go and listen to that. I, I retweeted it out there. It's a really fun segment to do. It's a great show. And, um, you know, I was basically talking about this, but I, I, I forgot to s- crystallize this one particular point about why this start is so encouraging and it continues to be, which is that no one person is carrying the team 
and everyone is contributing. But we've even, we've even seen now like Chris Bryant has gone kind of quietly into a little bit of a mini slump here. Hasn't done much so far on this road trip, right? It's just three games. It can happen to anybody. He could break out of it tomorrow. He could go into a little bit of a slump. He opened the season with, you know, all those consecutive hits. We know we're still looking for the home run ball there. There's a lot of different things to pay attention to, but there's going to be moments in the season where it does feel like Chris Bryant is carrying more of the weight, the way it did for CJ Crone there for a minute, who's also cooled off a little bit as these other guys have come up, right? So that's what you you need to continue to see from this team is multiple people stepping up. Today, it was the Gritchick and Blackman game. Sometimes it's going to be the Connor Joe and CJ Crone show. Sometimes it's going to be Chris Bryant and Ryan McMahon. You know, we continue to see contributions out of, uh, Jose Iglesias and Alan Trejo is taking really good at bats right now. There's really, you know, no part one part of the team. If you if you look at the elements of the team, right, uh, of any baseball team, the lineup, the starting pitching, the bullpen, and and you could throw defense and base running in there, I guess, as as kind of the two least important according to the metrics. I I think they can be more important depending on the makeup of your team. But just all go ahead, let's include all of that, right? The lineup has been very good. The bullpen has been very good and continues to be and was again today. And I'll talk a little bit about the end of the game here in just a second. Uh, The starting pitching has been okay. Today it was very good. Chad Cool has been very good. You got one very good start out of Armand Marquez, one pretty good start out of Senzatella, and the rest of them have been, you know, at best okay, but you know the starting pitching is more than likely going to be there. The defense has been fine. In fact, there was some good stuff today, and there's a play I'm going to talk about in just one second, and the base running again has been fine. I would even say a bit better than I expected because while the Rockies aren't speed demons, pretty much everybody on this team uh, has at least decent running ability and is a good base runner. So it's like, okay, all that's working for you, right? But there's a play from this game that I want to hyper-focus on. We we really talked it over in, in the Discord channel as it was happening or right after it happened that I think exemplifies where this team is at right now. And that was the play where there's a couple guys on, right? Runners first and second. The first time really Chad Cool's been in trouble all day. Uh, nobody out. And uh, just tweener into absolute no man's land hitting to shallow left right behind third base and Ryan McMahon goes out there he's clearly losing it in the wind and the sun and he's all twisted around because there's really no way to know where that baseball was going to be when it went up into the air right Iglesias didn't have time to get there and it it became very clear this was going to be a problem right if you've watched enough baseball you you read the body language of the fielders you know this ball's going to fall but Chad Cool was doing the same thing and booked it on over to third base very wisely. Glacius was right there and knew exactly the situation that they were going to have a force out at third and without hesitation, just picked the ball up very quickly. Like didn't try to make a super strong throw, just got it there in time. Right. And then Chad cool playing the role of the first baseman, like a big stretch and everything guys, six, three, like really went out there and got it. And that's really smart baseball from Iglesias and Cool. That's picking up McMahon, who was in a tough spot. Not that he really made a big mistake there. We all know he's a fantastic fielder. But, you know, he was the only person who had a chance to catch that ball, and he got all turned around. So you're helping your guy out there. Uh, but that's also a huge out in that inning that then Cool is able to wriggle out of without any damage done. And, you know, those are the that, that's the kind of play that 
would absolutely haunt the Rockies in the past. That's the reason why Bill Schmidt went out and got veteran guys. And uh, as I've often put it, guys who aren't, you know, still kind of figuring it out at the big league level. Uh, Those are the kinds of plays there's really no metric for. Uh, There's really no way to measure. Like that's not going to go on Iglesias' DRS or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's like, I I mean, in some ways it does factor into those things, but not, anyway, I'm not going to get bogged down the complicatedness of that. The point is, that's the kind of smart veteran key play that the Rockies need to be able to make and have go their way if they're going to do the things they need to do this year, which is win ball games like this, win series like this, figure out a way to hold on for these types of W's. And it, it again, is is kind of indicative to me of all the little things that they're doing right. And that really is strange, right? Because the Rockies have often, even when they've been much more talented, at least on the top end than they are right now, they've been a team that's been prone to big, dumb mistakes. Those those things that really cost you a ball game that you otherwise should have won or that inning that costs you a ball game that they otherwise should have won. The bullpen implosion that I've made a big, big deal about this season. And I will continue to, because again, here you've got a situation where Justin Lawrence goes in there, a little more traffic than you'd like, gives up a run, is in a spot with a pair of runners on, and he's trying to get a final pitch here. But if he gives up the long ball, all of a sudden you're in a one-run game. And Justin Lawrence, you know, that, and you almost expect that as an observer of the Colorado Rockies, don't you? Like you almost expect it to go that way. And and you almost, it, it's almost like Justin Lawrence has been too good this year, right? He's due for a big, bad clunker. And Buddy making him get the final out there could have gone out, could have got a little panicky, could have said, hey, look, we got to win this game. We got to win this series. This would be a bad one if we blow it. We don't want to, you know, kick this thing away right now. Go get Chassin or Kinley an inning earlier or whatever, right? But no, no, you stick with your plan. It's way too early in the season for the Rockies to be bailing on their game plans. Things like putting Carlos Estevez in because it was a four-run situation. And who knows? He maybe even would have been the guy to get the save opportunity today. Because as we talked about yesterday, the Colorado Rockies made it clear that they're going to be doing the closer by committee thing as much as they can throughout the season. But with the four runs, you definitely give it to Carlos there. and And you trust him, even though he's had some control issues throughout the year and his last couple of outings didn't look great guess what one two three inning ball game over that builds confidence for him it builds confidence for your ball club for your bullpen and it keeps that mantra going of everybody can help us win a ball game right it doesn't have to be daniel bard and alex colome every single time they didn't have to pitch in this one rocky's got a w in a game that was kind of close at times uh, by the end you know obviously the big the huge, huge, huge two-out, two-RBI hit from Charlie Blackman that took it from a 3-1 game to a 5-1 game. That's that's your play of the game. That's that's an enormous thing that allowed Bud Black to do things like, you know, give those other relievers a, a day of rest, uh, you know, for, for Chad Cool to exhale and do his thing when he was in a little bit of trouble there. Even for Justin Lawrence, you know, even if he does give up the home run there, he hasn't even given up the lead entirely on his own, right? You've got a nice cushion uh, from your offense, but ultimately the bullpen gives up one run. 
And as I said yesterday, you'd love for their whip to be zero and their ERA to be zero, but that's not a reasonable expectation. Instead, what you can hope for and to some degree reasonably expect is that they don't blow games too often. You know, just not that often because nobody blows zero games. And this would have been a bad one to blow. It's good work from the bullpen. Obviously, Chad Cool and Charlie Blackman are your heroes of the game. Uh, that play, I'm, I'm, I'm marking that one down. Charlie Blackman's single is probably the play of the game, obviously, for the Rockies. It's like the game winner or whatever, but I'm marking a star next to that weird one in the outfield because if that drops and takes a weird hop or the pitcher isn't over there to cover and so Iglesias picks it up but there's nobody at third base which I promise you there are guys in this league who wouldn't be there it's not really a normal play normally you go over to cover third base on a hit that's already got down and and you're backing up as a pitcher right so that really truly was a heads up play from Chad Cool to get over there and cover the bag um but if that's, you know, bases loaded, nobody out, you maybe have got to get cool out of there at that point, or or maybe a ground ball gets through and you're looking at a huge inning potentially there for the Tigers. There's a, there's a lot of ways in which that could have unraveled very, very quickly. Uh, so that, that to me is, uh, I guess, secondary play of the game. <laughs> maybe that's what I got to start doing. I'll start doing my top three plays of the game. Um, what would be so so Charlie Blackman's single is the number one. Number two is gonna be that play. I guess number three's gotta be Randall Gritchick's two run homer, right? That's really good stuff. The Rockies get uh their their run in the first off a nice little two out uh RBI hit from Charlie. So so but they've gotten on the board in the first inning before, you know, they it's a lot of game left to play at that point. In fact the Tigers did come back and get one in the third, but the fact that Gritchick could hit the two-run home run again, gave them that nice, nice cushion. And again, on the road, man, every single one of those just matters so, so much. And if Gritchick is going to be one of these guys who can make his game work on the road, that's going to be a big X factor for the Rockies as well. So even just in terms of like random sequencing where, you know, you do want Gritchick bringing his power when Crone's power is cooling off a little bit. And, and as I mentioned, Bryant and stuff, some of that's just the dumb luck of the baseball season that you just need the right number of guys going at the right amount of times. Because as Bud Black often says, you'd love to have everybody going all the time, but that is just not baseball. You know, right now the Rockies have enough people going well enough and really nobody on the team uh, outside of, you know, Brendan Rodgers, who we talked about yesterday, and I still don't think you've got to panic about him. There's really no one who's just eaten. And again, I, I guess Lucas Gilbreth. We did that yesterday. Rodgers and Gilbreth, their numbers are awful, right? If you're just looking at the numbers, okay, fair enough. But there's plenty of reason to believe either can recover from that. And even if not, the rest of the team, like that's two people out of a 28-man roster that's going to be a 26-man roster, but still... You'll absolutely take that general ratio, even if it changes which players are in the massive slump and which ones are really, really hot, which it will. You all know that. You, If you're baseball fans, if you've watched a lot of baseball in your life, you know that, you know, and I, I said, it's funny. I said at the beginning of the year, Connor Joe's not going to on base 420 all season, and that's exactly what he's doing so far. Now, again, I would probably take the under, but 
390, you know, for, for the, for the types of at bats that Connor Joe is taking, he can absolutely get a pretty fantastic on base percentage and keep it up there for uh, quite a bit of the season. But yeah, there, there's a lot, a lot of baseball to play. We can't get too overexcited uh, one way or the other, worried about guys who are playing poorly or excited about guys who are super hot. But that's the interesting thing, right? Is we're already seeing guys change. Charlie went from slumping hard to pretty hot. Uh, Chris Bryant went from getting on base two or three times a game to kind of looking for it a little bit here in his first road trip, right? Grichik was pounding the ball into the dirt. And now he's got this game where he's hitting the line drives that he was acquired for. Uh, right. Dom Nunez, his first couple of games didn't do anything in the plate. And people are probably going, well, there's Dom Nunez again. Guy doesn't do anything at the plate. And then he had two more games. He started crushing line drives and he, well, maybe, you know, but again, it's just such small sample size. We don't know the, the wild thing to me is just how much everyone is contributing something. And they got Daza back in the game again today to play defense in the ninth. I love that spot for him so much. And, and the fact that he's making contact, he's got seven, he's like seven for 13 on the season. And that's probably their least important offensive player. That's, that's an interesting way to put it. That's where the Colorado Rockies are at right now. Jonathan Daza is seven for 13 and he's on this team to play defense. Like he's here (laughs) to go catch baseballs in, in vast outfields and, and do the thing, Right. So, like, yeah, that will probably cool off, right? He's Obviously, Jonathan Daza, here's one. He's not going to hit 400 all year or 500 or 600 all year. But you don't need him to. That's the beauty of it. You don't need him to. And what the Rockies' bullpen are showing you right now is as much as it was fun for those first couple of series to watch them go out there and absolutely shove and allow no runs and oftentimes even no base runners. What's far more believable, what's far more reasonable and what's far more sustainable is what we've seen over the last couple of games, which is, yeah, that this guy or that guy gets knocked around a bit. An inning or two gets out of hand. Other innings are given up a run, but your bullpen isn't costing you winnable games except that one against the Phillies. That one, that one it really did. A bullpen implosion cost them a winnable game there. Other than that, got to be impressed with pretty much every element of the team as they now go on to face La Philadelphia La Phillies. I believe that's how it's pronounced. I believe that's technically correct. Let me bring up the probable pitchers here. Um... I should have already had that up, but I didn't. So we're just going to listen to me babble for one second while I pull it up. Uh, but yeah, so I had them at a 3-4 road trip. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Kyle Freeland versus Kyle Gibson again. What is with that? You can't do this Kyle versus Kyle thing every time. What are the odds? Come on, universe. We just had a Kyle on Kyle matchup like less than a week ago. Anyway, so game one, it's going to be Kyle versus Kyle, Freeland versus Gibson. Uh, Kyle, obviously, (laughs) this is ridiculous. Purple Kyle, let's go with Purple Kyle, is looking to uh, 
build off of his last start, which was his best one so far this season, and obviously continue to feel good after his big contract extension. We'll have uh, Armand Marquez versus Zach Eflin in game two. And at least according to the thing I'm looking at here, we do not yet have announced starters for the third and fourth games of the series. It's on the East Coast, so local time. These games will be starting for us at 445 Mountain Time. Uh, I love an early baseball game. said it today. I love it when they start in the morning. We'll have one of those on Sunday with the 11 o'clock time slated for or not sunday whatever the hell day <laughs> i forget it'll be a, a thursday game uh, monday tuesday wednesday thursday goodness gracious it's sunday right now and as you can tell i am in need of a nap but yeah we'll we'll talk about what those other obviously i can't give you too much in terms of series predictions since i have no idea who's pitching the second two ball games but uh Freeland versus Gibson and Marquez versus Eflin should be good matchups. The Rockies have handled Eflin before in the past pretty well. Um, you know, I'd have to double check on Gibson's statistics, but overall, you got to like where your ball club is at with the ten and five rec- record. Uh, Philly sitting there at six and nine, uh, looking to get hot. I think the Rockies are a good matchup for that lineup that loves to go after the fastball, and the Rockies have a lot of guys who are falling in love with sliders and changeups and stuff right now. I think if they stick to their game plan, that'll be good. But again, for me, one last time before I sign off here on the podcast, what I'm going to have my eye on is whether or not this offense can continue to find ways. Like scoring runs in all those different innings is as big a deal to me as anything that happened in this. It's Sunday right now in this Sunday afternoon (laughs) baseball game. It was uh, that. You know, it wasn't all relegated to one inning. It didn't all come down to one swing, even though I think if they pitch well enough, they can win some of those games like they did in the 3-2 victory over the Tigers. If this off, like that, that to me will be the biggest sign that this team really can do some different and special things and really might be able to outperform expectations is if they can find something resembling sustainable road offense. That's going to be the phrase, right? We're all going to be looking for that together. All of us out there in the world. Can the Rockies find sustainable road offense? It's not going to be explosive road offense. History shows us that's probably not possible. But can this group of veterans, with the additions of Iglesias and Bryant and Grichik, and guys who've grown up and learned a little bit more around it, whether it's Blackman or McMahon, Elias Diaz is kind of in between there. Is this the right mixture to figure out how to hit on the road? Because if so, then the lack of star talent isn't going to matter nearly as much as it would for a lot of other Rockies teams, right? That's how the teams of 17 and 18 were able to overcome their road hitting woes was just let Trevor Story or Nolan Arenado win you a baseball game. But when those guys weren't going, the Rockies could not win on the road. Rockies won this series in Detroit, which is on the road, you may know. <laughs> and and they didn't need a, a Nolan or a Trevor to carry them to it. It was everybody involved. Charlie Blackman probably had the best series of everybody, but you, you can't say that he carried them to it, right? C.J. Crone did his thing. Connor Joe did his thing. Randall Gritchick did his thing. Ryan McMahon, nice little insurance run out there today. And you got a pitch. 
for nine innings. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what you do at the plate. So here they go. Let's see what happens in Philly. So it's a fun one. Thank you all for listening in. Again, if you're not joining me on the spaces, make sure you do. Follow on Twitter, at Drew Creaseman. Hit me up in there. You can always ask some questions or, or share some comments after games. Wins and losses when they're on the road. Uh, trying to do that as much as possible. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out all the other shows, checking all the written content on milehighsports.com, and just continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.